0: Welcome to the Creative Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. Over the past 200 plus episodes, I've had the good fortune of speaking with dozens of screenwriters, actors, and directors, such as Aaron Sorkin, Mel Brooks, Carrie Fukunaga, Whitney Cummings, Michael Imperioli, and William Monaghan, among others. We've dissected ideas on story, character, filmmaking, habits, and various principles for creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also find several of these interviews on the Creative Screenwriting Magazine website, in addition to some that aren't available in audio, such as with Nick Kroll or Stephen Merchant. In addition to the podcast, also make sure to search for the new video essay series on YouTube, also called Creative Principles, where we take a deep dive into movies and television, join millions of viewers for subjects like the 16 personalities expressed as characters, did Home Alone Robin John uses career, the greatest movie never made, and how Jackie Chan creates perfection through failure, among many more. That's Creative Principles on YouTube. Here's the description for Body Brokers. Brought to Los Angeles for treatment, a recovering junkie soon learns that the rehab center is not about helping people, but a cover for a multi-billion dollar fraud operation that enlists addicts to recruit other addicts. If you're a to the show, you can probably tell I'm starting this episode a little different because this story is so insane, especially since it's true. Here's a statement from writer-director John Swab. I was a street junkie for over a decade. During my early attempts at recovery, I went through countless rehabs and detoxes all over the country. In that time, I was brokered and then taught how to broker bodies. This is the true story of the multi-billion dollar insurance scandal within the substance abuse treatment industry. The FBI recently raided several of the largest treatment centers in Southern California for body brokering and insurance fraud, with more to come. With the opiate epidemic being a central topic of conversation, people need to know about the predatory nature of the proposed solution to the problem, treatment. This is a film about where capitalism fills addicts. Here's the interview.
1: I'm from Oklahoma. Um, you know, there's not a lot of uh, film presence here, or, or wasn't when I was growing up, and uh, you know, the closest thing we had were, were, you know, books like the outsiders and the films that came after, um, know I kind of wore out the VHS tapes on those and, uh, you know, always wanted to do, you know, make a movie. Um, so I started writing, um, and, uh, made a short film. And, uh, once I saw the footage from the short film and saw that it kind of looked like a movie, I, uh, I was hooked. So I, uh, you know, just worked hard and, met some good people that I work with and uh, just trying to keep my head above water now, man.
0: <laughs> so tell me a little bit about how did you like um, get run with the hunted made and then how that led to body brokers as well?
1: Um, well, I, I work um, with a producer uh, and producing partner named Jeremy Rosen, who is a uh, as crazy as I am when it comes to work ethic. And uh, we also share a lot of the same taste in films. Um, So it's kind of a a perfect storm in in terms of a working relationship. And uh, we met and hit the ground running on Run With The Hunted. Um, We completed that. And by happenstance, I was out visiting my wife on a set in L.A. And uh, met up with some friends that run treatment centers. And they kind of, you know, explained to me how this body brokering industry that I was aware of but in its infancy, when I got sober, had kind of boomed into this, you know, billion dollar corruption scandal. And, uh, you know, I met with them. Um, they told me about it. They set up some meetings for me with some brokers and some other treatment center owners. Um, and, you know, once I got kind of a whiff of it, I realized that, I, you know, I, I see a movie there, there's two movies every year that come out, you know, that, uh, that center around addiction. And I feel like for the most part, they're all bullshit and they're all just like fluff. And, you know, as as somebody who's gone through it, I never feel like I'm being told the whole truth. I feel like I'm just being told the safe story. And so I was really excited at the opportunity to, a be a, uh, an authority on, on something in terms of, I know this world, I've been through this world. I, I, you can't tell me, I don't know what I'm talking about, but B also, tell people the truth and the hard truth and, and kill the main character at the end in front of you and make you watch it because that's statistically what happens to these people, you know, and when they're failed by the system and, and not given the proper care.
0: Was this your main approach? Was anyone like trying to get you to base this story off IP or something like that off an article or anything like that?
1: Um, it, you know, it came up, um, you know, because I, I think that's, Strategically, a really smart way to go with things like this, um, but there wasn't any real article at that time that really was telling, you know, that knew about this. I mean, again, it, it, when, when I wrote it, uh, it was very much a closeted thing and something that nobody really had, had openly discussed about yet. Since then, there's been articles. There was an article yesterday in NPR that was excellent, um, kind of outlining all this stuff. Um, but you know until recently, you know people've kind of turned their eye on it and haven't really you know paid much attention to to what's really going on with these these treatment centers
0: what's kind of coming in from your point of view what's the maybe the main purpose? obviously you're not just trying to like shock audiences are you do you see this as like just bringing awareness is asking questions? How do you kind of see the bigger picture of the film?
1: Well, I mean, you know, the, the reaction to the trailer being released was really eye-opening. I, you know, I can't really um, predict or uh, f- impose my will on what this film will end up being, or how it will affect, or if it will affect anybody. Um, but the response to the trailer was really interesting because, you know, my produce, my producer and I got, a, you know, a ton of a messages from. Uh, you know, people we don't even know on social media and email saying, thank you so much for telling this story. Nobody believed me when this happened to me, you know, because a lot of these people go to treatment and they're, they're drug addicts and, you know, they've been liars uh, in their addiction. And, you know, since then they've gotten better um, or in different places now, but when this happened to them, they would tell their families or their loved ones and nobody would believe them because why would they? So, you know, it's it's really unfortunate that these people kind of get shoved in the closet to treatment. And, you know, that's kind of all anybody wants to hear about. They just they want out of sight, out of mind. So I, my, my biggest thing is I hope people are made aware of this and that, you know, regulation and some kind of oversight can be uh, put into to crack down on this stuff and get people the proper care they need when they're asking for help
0: so you kind of mentioned like in addition to your producing partner and like having a strong work ethic how also did you kind of pitch yourself as you know this was my old life but that's over now i'm a writer director like was there a was it mainly just like timing like how did you kind of you know come out of that old stigma and that kind of thing uh
1: hard work man i mean you know it's it's funny i'm I'm back in uh where i'm from tulsa right now um prepping for another film and you know, uh, being a recovering drug addict, I'm, I'm always, uh, kind of cleaning up my past. Um, you know, and I think it's taken me, I'm I'm about five and a half years sober now, but people have seen the change. People have seen me consistently working hard to better myself and to further my career and, and, uh, and change people's, uh, you know, opinions of, of who I am versus who I was. So I think, you know, time heals all wounds, as they say. And, uh, you know, I think it's really just time and, and hard work is, is really what's, you know, done it for me.
0: In addition to kind of, you know, the, the passion for these types of stories, where did you actually learn the, you know, the logistical acts of screenwriting and those type of things?
1: Um, I, you know, I've written a lot. I've written bad scripts and, um, You know, I've been humbled by those. Uh, I've been humbled, you know, when I sit in the editing room um, and I'm I'm watching my mistakes and I'm trying to fix my mistakes and in the editing room, I I really, that's when I try and write is because uh, I'm seeing what I did wrong and I can, that's the only way I can take action against that is by, you know, addressing them in something new, Um, you know, and and I, I, I really... I never went to school for screenwriting, um, so I learned, you know, the hard way um, without anybody kind of telling me how it's done until I met uh, Melissa Leo and, and she, you know, I went through kind of a quick crash course and, and schooling with her on, on how to write scenes and how to, uh, you know, develop characters. And she asked a lot of hard questions um, that made me look at writing in a different way. And, uh, and I also, I, I, I'm writing every day. I write every day. So I'm always exercising that muscle and trying to get better. So that's kind of the biggest thing I do.
0: Are those like the types of questions she would ask you? Are they very specific to your script? Or are they more about like act structure, character, anything that comes to mind that might be like universally, you know, good advice for other writers?
1: You know, really the biggest thing, and it seems so stupid, is tell the simplest version Of the story you can um because a lot of times as a writer you're trying to always get in your own way to make things more complicated or more interesting or um more difficult for you like in terms of you know when you're writing a story i I like to write myself into a corner that i don't know how to get out of um but once i'm in that corner finding the simplest way to get out is always the best way and uh and i think that's the same you know, when it comes to approaching, you know, character, act structure, scene structure, you should always be able to uh, easily explain who someone is, uh, what they're trying to do, and where they're trying to go. Do
0: you see kind of a separation of, like I was just talking to a friend about writing a movie, there's these big high concept, crazy ideas that get the big budgets, or there's like, you know, like you said, pretty simple plots, and then the real works, and the dialogue, and that type of thing. what do you maybe look to, to for those examples Do you look to more like films of the 70s or what do you, wh- what do you kind of aspire to write your films like
1: uh, yeah I, I honestly in the past year and a half two years i haven't watched a movie uh or you know, i mean you i i've watched very few movies that are post 1980 um you know there's so much great uh things to look to and draw from and learn from that um that are from you know, 60s and 70s specifically, and you know they they really did a great job of telling just very simple stories with really really strong characters, and that's kind of the most inspiring thing to me. Um, you know, in terms of when I approach to write, it's it's kind of delving back into that.
0: So it looks like I'm looking um, kind of beyond on your IMDb page. It looks like you've got several movies in in post production, pre production. I interviewed William Monahan years ago and I I was talking to him like when The Departed came out, I hadn't heard of him. Then he had three movies coming out. Is this kind of like you just write as much as you can? And then when one sells, are you just writing all spec scripts or what's kind of the backstory behind having multiple movies come out at one time?
1: You know, I I mentioned my partner, Jeremy, and all this, and and we both, uh, we like to work and, and we're hungry to get better. And, uh, and we have, um, you know, and there's been great growth from from the Hunted to Body Brokers to the film we just finished, Ida Red, and to uh, the film we're prepping for now. Um, and, yeah, so I, again, like, I don't do well when I'm just sitting around with nothing to do. Um, so I'm always trying to work on something. And, and you know, my at kind of my base, I'm a writer. Um, so that's something that comes very natural to me. And something I enjoy doing a lot. Uh, So, you know, in in the last two months, I wrote three scripts um, and I just kind of am trying to, I just don't want to stop. I want to keep getting better. So, um, you know, I I enjoy telling stories and, you know, want to, you know, further that as much as I can. So, uh, you know, no sense in waiting around.
0: Before you wrote like maybe like before you had written your first script what are some misconceptions you had about screenwriting
1: how hard it is um you know i think i didn't start out as a great writer and not that i'm some like you know uh you know world renowned writer now but um but i've certainly gotten a lot better and you know the thing that i think people the, the common misconception is that It has to be some brilliant idea Um, and I don't think that's true. I think you need to write what you know, keep it simple and write every day. If you want to do something, you need to do it every day. And uh, you know, when I started, I, I, you know, I, I probably talked a lot more than I did and uh, or talked a lot more than I, you know, put action in. And since then I've learned, I just, I just put, I don't talk a lot about what I'm going to do. I just do it. And, uh, and I put in the work. So I think the common misconception is that things are just going to happen for you. Um, and, and they're not, um, and it's not that hard as long as you put in the work.
0: So you've got two films out now and it looks like three or four kind of in the works. Um, do you see some, you know, are there some universal themes you're looking to like, do you see connections between your other stories coming out?
1: Um, I don't. Um, I mean, I I think I think not between all of them, but uh, but, you know, I guess I guess bits and pieces and some and things that I've kind of I liked in previous films and wanted to do better and uh, and others. Um, You know, the film we just wrapped post on is called Ida Red, and I'm as proud of that as anything I've ever done. And it's um, it's really a special movie. And I'm really excited to get it out there because it's kind of the movie I've been wanting to make my whole life. And I feel like we finally did. Um, And, you know, from there, I I saw what I liked and my producer and I discussed what, you know, our interests were. And we kind of built on that. And I wrote a few more that were similar in theme. So I don't really think about it like that. If it happens, I guess it happens. But uh, I just, you know, I just write and keep moving forward, man. I I don't think too much about it.
0: We'll just do um, one more. So for any listeners who are, maybe they've written their, their first script in quarantine or their first couple drafts, was the main thing for you like making that short and then finding a producer or any other bit of advice you might have for finding an agent or selling a movie?
1: I think the, the best advice is there's no excuse not to do it. And, you know, I still make movies. Um, you know, I've made four now and about to make a fifth. And I still make them with my friends, um, you know, a lot of whom have no, you know, uh, they have no credentials in the film industry. Some of them were trashmen and now they're, you know, prop masters and, and art designers and art directors. So, I mean, I, I make movies with the people that are around me and I use what I have and, and you know, don't stray too far out from that. Um, so, you know, we've all got phones now. Um, If you don't have access to a better camera, you can use that. It's been done. It's been done well. So there's no excuse not to take action, is my advice.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the show. If it's your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button and visit my new website for information on the YouTube channel, the blog, the podcast, and my new book, Ink by the Barrel, which takes advice from these 200-plus interviews and more at writerfieldnotes.com. You'll see the link in the show notes. Thanks again.